Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. This is uh, The Heart of Teaching, and I'm Dave Ruzicki. Welcome to my second podcast. And before I begin, I'd like to introduce my producer today, and that's Nathan Rivers. And uh, Nathan's got an awesome podcast as well. And both he and uh, Adam are working to help me and uh, doing a great job. But I'm going to give a shout out to to, uh, Nathan. Nathan, tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so we, uh, Adam and I, started a podcast called The Disneyland Show a few years back. Uh, basically we talk all things Disneyland and so we dive into rides we do we have a game show which Mr. Riziki was on and uh, we just have some fun that's basically the goal of our podcast we just want to have fun so it's available everywhere podcasts are and uh, yeah be sure to check it out awesome thanks a lot Nathan appreciate that Um, question for you do you remember our first lesson and uh, you actually, when you were in grade 8, you're in grade 11 now. Do you remember what the, uh, the first lesson I taught you was? I do. And it is the secret of life. And you find a job that you're passionate about, and you never have to work another day in your life. Awesome. Thank you. It helps that I'm holding up a flashcard, too, to make sure that... <laughs> but no, it is a secret of life. And, and to put it in context, and I'm just going to do a quick review here. Uh, the secret of life is find a job that's a passion, and you never have to work another day in your life. And the reason I teach it at the very beginning is because that's the reason why all of the kids are at school. They're at school to get an education. The more education they have, the more opportunities they have. And the more opportunities they have, the closer they are to finding their passion and finding their goals. When they limit their, uh, their education, they're limiting the opportunities that uh, will make them happy for the rest of their lives. But today's lesson, quite honestly, is probably the single most important lesson I could ever teach students. And that sounds like uh, a bit of a pretentious statement, but it's not meant to be. So today's lesson is actually called the emotional bank account. And I think that if you're an instructor, um, if you're a teacher in the school system, I think this is a lesson that you need to listen to and uh, possibly in your own way, pass it on to the students as well. Because emotional bank account basically deals with life, right? It's about developing positive relationships with people. Now, this could be, in the case of the students, it could be their moms, their dads, brothers, sisters, boyfriends, girlfriends. For other people in the community, obviously, you know, husbands, wives, all of those things, right? When you, when you make those deposits, all right, when you make all of those deposits with people, you start to realize that when you're in a position and you need someone to, to reach, reach down and help you up, the people will be there. So life's all about deposits, it's about withdrawals, and it's about developing healthy relationships with people. So when I talk to the kids, when I've got the students in the classroom, I actually start off and I tell them that I don't, I don't know them. And many of the students are their first year, um, obviously with me as an instructor, and they have no idea about who I am and possibly the way I'm going to teach. So I tell them about how our relationship is going to develop, excuse me, is going to develop. And I tell them that it's always about deposits and it's always about withdrawals. All right, And I tell them right off the beginning how a relationship is going to work. I talk to them about my expectations, right? And here's my expectations for them so that they can develop healthy relationships with me. I tell them I expect them to work to the best of their ability. I tell them that uh, they need to be kind to others, classmates, teachers, and be the best person they can possibly be. And that's my expectation for them in this class. And I may be one of the few teachers, but I honestly believe this. Grades don't matter to me. They never have. 
And for the few years I've got left, they, they never will. I'm not interested in whether students get a C or an A. And I tell them that right off the bat. The most important thing for me is their effort. I want them to give me everything they've got, work to the best of their ability. And, and what that means is if a student's working full out and giving me everything they have and they've got a C or a C minus, you know what? That's all right. That's okay because I'm getting the best from them. Contrary, if I've, got a, if I've got a student that's receiving an A and they're like at 86% and they think that's pretty good, it is. But if I believe that they've got more in them and they're not giving me anything, then I'll, then I'll be on them and I'll tell them, you know what, I expect more. So in our relationship right now, it's very important for them to understand that I expect them to work to the best of their ability, right? And with that thought in mind, I mean, it's like, it's our relationships with people in general, whether it's in school or outside of school, they can't ask for favors. They can't ask for any withdrawals until uh, they've made some deposits. So if they're asking for an extension on an assignment, if they're asking for some other things related to their academics and they haven't made any contributions, it's difficult for me to do that. Now, obviously, there's, there's extraordinary circumstances and I'll allow that at times. But as far as actually granting them favors, so forth and so on, when they haven't made any deposits, it's really difficult. So what I do is I usually tell them an anecdote that uh, sort of sums up my relationship with them. And it, it deals with something that happened, oh my gosh. Let's see, we gotta go back probably about 35 years. So I was a, a young teacher, only teaching uh, for two years, and it was in the public school system. And what I was doing is I was collecting uh, the students' notebooks. And when I was collecting their notebooks, I was going around the room and the, and the kids were talking and, and uh, they weren't paying attention to what I was doing. And I went past one of the students who, who was an awesome, awesome student. And uh, I, I looked down and I said, uh, hey, Susan, I said, I'm, I'm going to need your uh, notebook. And she looked at me and for the first time in, in a matter of weeks, she, never, she, she wasn't smiling. So something was up. I looked and her eyes started to well up like she was going to start crying. I thought, oh, my gosh. So I looked at her and I said, it's okay, it's okay. I said, uh, can you turn it in at lunchtime? And she, she just shook her head. And I said, after school? And she, she shook her head again. And then I looked at her and I said, no, no, it's okay. I said, I'll tell you what, tur turn it in on Monday, all right? She just nodded. So I went around the room and I collected some more notebooks. And then uh, one of the students at, sat at the back by herself. And I went up to her and I said, Rhonda, I said, uh, I'm going uh, to need your notebook. And she looked at me and she said, I don't have it. And I said, okay. I said, uh, you know what? I'm going to ask you to turn it in at lunchtime for me, please. And she goes, it won't be done. I said, okay. Um, I'm going to need it after school. And she goes, I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. She goes, I'll turn it in on Monday, like Susan did. And all of a sudden, I thought, okay. She was watching my interaction with one of the other students. And she obviously heard the, uh, the comments that I'd made. So I looked at her and I said, no, I said, that's not going to be happening. I said, I'll tell you what, you turn it in after school or you know what, you're going to get zero. And I said, and you understand why? She goes, I want to know. And I said, you know what, this isn't the forum to talk about it. If you'd like to know, come in after school and we'll discuss it. I said, you know about the emotional bank account. So I started to walk away and she wasn't finished with me. And she raised her voice. The other students are talking. And she raised her voice to such an extent that everyone stopped talking immediately. And she goes, you have favorites. And I'm like, whoa. And you could hear a pin drop in the class at that point. And I turned around and it was kind of like, it was like a car accident. You never, you never hope to run across one, but you'll slow down to see what happened. So all the kids are watching and it's like, oh my gosh, you just called them out. And I said, excuse me. I said, that's inappropriate. 
And I said, if you want to talk about this, this is not the forum to talk about it. What we will do is we will talk about it after school. All right, it's done. She wasn't done with me. I took another couple of steps and she says, I want to know why you have favorites. And young teacher, shouldn't have done it. I snapped. It was like something went off in my head. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's calling me out. Now, I apologized later. I apologized to her and I apologized to her mother. She shouldn't have lost it. But I turned around. I said, you want to know? She goes, I want to know. I said, fine. Okay, we'll deal with this. Grab my notebook, opened it up. And I said, Susan, I said, I apologize for this. I said, but here's the way this works. Out of 20 assignments that have been turned in, you know what? Susan's turned in 20 assignments. And all of the assignments she's turned in, they've been done to the best of her ability. She's come in early to help put up stuff in the classroom. She's tutored children in the room that have had some challenges. And she's worked with some of the grade eights that have had some other issues. You know what, Susan, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't turn in your notebook, please. Don't even bother turning it on Monday. I'm going to give you 100%. You've made so many deposits in my bank account that you can get a withdrawal. Don't worry about it. You're still going to get an A. All right, Rhonda, let's take a look at your assignments. 20 assignments. Out of 20 assignments, you turned in 10. Out of those 10 assignments, I think five were done somewhat successfully. You end up coming late to class. You never stay when I ask you to stay for tutoring. You said things that are inappropriate. I've caught you cheating on three exams. And now you don't turn in a notebook. And you know what? You want another withdrawal. You can't have a withdrawal. You've never made any deposits. And as far as favorites go, you bet I've got favorites. And right now, you're not one of them. The whole class went silent. She looked at me, wrong thing to do. She stood up and she started to cry and she ran out of the room. And I thought, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Now, did I chase after her? No, no. What I did was I took a deep breath, realized there were like 31 other students in the class. And I realized that at some point I'd have to apologize and I'd have to be possibly talked to about this took a deep breath and I said, all right, guys, here we go. Let's uh, start doing some uh, Jeopardy and game show. And I'm sure that the kids thought I had some uh, some emotional problems with that in a moment, the way it changed. But shortly after that, the principal contacted me and said that uh, Rhonda's mother was going to be in the office at 3 o'clock. Mother showed up at 3 o'clock and I came down to the office and I sat in with the uh, with the principal. And, uh, and rightly so, she was uh, upset with me. And she said, I raised, uh, I raised my voice, I gave information that I shouldn't have, and I did all of the things that I should not have done as a young teacher and an instructor, and I needed to be reprimanded for that. But what she said to me was, she said, the reason why I'm upset with Mr. Riziki is that he admitted that he has favorites. He admitted that there's some students he likes more than others. And the principal actually tried to cover for me. He goes, I'm sure your daughter misunderstood. And I actually corrected the principal. And I said to the principal at that point, I said, you know what? I said, uh, no, she's right. I said, she's right. I did say that. And then she, the mother, was so upset. She goes, see, he even admits it. I want my daughter removed from his class. Do you understand? There is a personality conflict. And then I asked the mother, I said, can, I, can you give me an opportunity to explain, please? And she said, I'd like to see you. And I said, all right. I said, I do apologize. I said, whatever happens with regard to the way I treated your daughter in the class, I said, I'm, I'm, I, I wear that. And I should never have done it. And I do apologize. So whatever the circumstances are, I'll, uh, I'll take them and I'll, I'll uh, take full responsibility. But as far as favorites go in that class, let's, let's say that if you're a teacher and you're working with kids 
And if an instructor says they don't have favorites, to be honest with you, they're lying. All teachers have favorites. But let me explain how that works. If you've got a, a class of 30 students, and all those students are working to the best of their ability, they not all, they may not all be A's or B's, but they're working to the best of their ability, and they treat each other with respect. They treat each other with dignity. I said, how can you not but like all of those kids? And in teaching, when you're working with students, and they're good kids, and they may be perhaps maybe not as efficient at times. Maybe, you know, they don't work to their true ability, but they're good kids. How can you not like them, but, but maybe be there to support them? But when you've got a, a student that lies and cheats, when you've got a student that said things to other class members that, that borders on as inappropriate as you're going to have, how are you supposed to warm up to them when they don't complete assignments? Life's all about an emotional bank account. It always has been and it always will be. I don't, I don't have anything against your, your daughter, Mrs. Smith, but she's never made any deposits with me. And the reason why she sits by herself at the back of the room because no one wants to sit with her. And that's because of what she says and how she says it. Life's all about an emotional bank account. I taught the kids that at the beginning of the year. Well, that wasn't good enough for the mother. The mother insisted that her daughter be removed. And the principal stepped in and he said, you know what, Mrs. Smith, I'm going to end this and I'll deal with Mr. Rizicki. Having said that, I will not remove your daughter from his class. Those lessons that he's teaching her, those lessons are invaluable. And I think the problem with your daughter, Mrs. Smith, is that she hears the noise, but she's not listening to the words. So, Mrs. Smith, thank you for coming in. I'll deal with Mr. Ruzicki. Uh, he's very apologetic. I'll take that into consideration. But you need to know that your daughter will not be removed from his class. She needs, to, she needs to make those contributions with her classmates and with her instructor. But thank you for coming in. Well, that, that child uh, never was removed from my class. And I'd like to tell you a happy ending of that story, but it really didn't happen. The mother actually removed her daughter from the school and placed her in a, uh, in a different school. But that was her choice. So, with that, with that thought in mind, what are, the, what are the students' expectations of me? All right? So, I've, I've talked about what I expect from the kids, but what, are the, what, are the, what do the students think they would like to see from me? You know, it's interesting. I had a, a student teacher come in probably a couple of days ago, and he was interested in the kids and, and the students. And instead of me telling him what he should be doing, I asked the kids to write something down and to explain to him what they felt instructors should do that would allow them to learn and what they wanted to see from their teacher. And the things that they said are, are things such as they want their instructor to treat them fairly. They want the, their instructor to teach them to the best of their ability. They, they want to respect their, their instructor, but respect has to be earned. And they want an instructor that's going to be there to support them. And I thought that's, that, that's awesome information for a young teacher. So when I start talking to the kids about what I will do for them, it's all the things that they just said. And so for me to talk to the kids and what I believe their expectations are of me is the following. I will treat them fairly. You may not always agree, but it will be equitable. I'll, I'll, I'll treat the kids fairly. And I will teach to the best of my ability. All right? I'll teach, I'll teach flat out. I'll do the research and try and see if the lessons I present to them are inspiring and motivating, right? And I'll try and earn their respect. 
Now, I may disagree with some of my colleagues at times because, you know, you'll often hear people say that students have to respect the teachers. Well, the reality is the students have to be, they, they have to be respectful and they have to act in a respectful manner because of the position they're in, right? They, they need to act in a certain way. But to demand respect from someone, that has to be earned. It always has been and, and it always will be. You can't just demand respect. It comes through a series of events. But as an instructor, once you, once you can earn the student's respect, when you start talking about classroom managements and people talk about different techniques, if you're able to earn the student's respect, classroom management takes care of itself because the kids will want to support the instructor because they respect the instructor. So here's some of the things that I do to try and earn the student's respect and some of the things I need to do in order to create a, an emotional bank account for them. I tell them that I'm going to celebrate their achievements. Well, how do I do that? Well, here's what I do. I use my cell phone. The kids aren't allowed to have a cell phone in class, but I use my cell phone. And what I do is I put it on the desk. And we've had an exam, and some students have done some, some great things on the exam. I will take that time. I take six minutes out of class, and I just randomly pull a bunch of names, and I make phone calls right in front of the uh, right in front of the kids, and I phone their parents and I congratulate them in, to their parents, and it, and it goes like this: um, Hi, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. White, it's uh, Dave Rizicki, phone from uh, St. Thomas More. I just want to say that your daughter's doing an awesome job in my class. When you, she gets home today, please congratulate her. She's awesome to teach. She got a twenty out of twenty, and there needs to be a celebration. And I also tell them if they give any money, I get fifty percent. No, no, I don't. But you get the idea. That goes, you have no idea as an instructor how far that goes, right? That goes a long way for those kids. You can get 140 kids. I teach this year. It's all grade eights. You get 140 kids. And I asked the kids this year, I said, how many of you have gotten a positive phone call home between grade one and grade seven? And out of 140 kids, three students put up their hands. That's in seven years of school out of 140 kids. Well, as instructors, as teachers, if you're going to phone home on a student who's got some challenges and say, we need to work on this, you better be prepared to phone home on some kids that need to be celebrated as well. And if you're having a lousy day as a teacher, and you know the days for the most part are, are all awesome, but there's going to be some days that may be challenging. Here's some advice. When you're having a day that's challenging, look up one of the students who's doing remarkable work in your class. Take two minutes and phone that parent or phone whoever they live with. And automatically, you'll feel better, guaranteed with that. It's, it's, it's remarkable. I've had parents who have the old school like answering machines, and their kids are graduating grade 12, and they've still got the, the comment from grade 8. It has an impact. And it also feels good if you're an instructor, right? It feels awesome. So what else do I do to earn their, their respect? I have my own class economy. I figure a fun way of paying the kids when they're in class. I call it Riziki Bucks. I do Jeopardy, which is game show. And with me, I'm a bit of a ham. I like to get dressed up in class and change my voice and, and those things. So those are all the deposits that I make with the kids. And as I said earlier, when you start making those deposits, right? As soon as you make those deposits, what starts to happen is you realize that classroom management, how the kids behave in the class, it's taken care of. But, you know, as teachers, we do these things. And then sometimes we think that the kids hear us, but maybe they don't listen. And every once in a while, you're, you're taken aback by what they remember from what you said. 
And I'm going to give you another anecdote. And uh, it was uh, it probably would have been a couple of years ago. And I got the blocks messed up in my class. You know what, Nathan? I may have been your year. I may have even been your class. And so what ended up happening was I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, you know what? I think it was. And so what ended up happening was I got the blocks messed up. I came into school, walked into my classroom because I had a spare first block. And all the kids in grade eight, and it was, wasn't it? He's pointing at me. It was your class. And all the kids were uh, in the class. And I'm looking around the room and I said, you know, what are you guys doing here? And the kids go, waiting for you. But it's the end of the block, right? It's an hour in. And I go, what do you mean waiting for me? I said, it's block B. And they go, no, Mr. Ruzicki, it's block A. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I've had 30 kids in the classroom by themselves. The door is shut and there's no instructor. If something would have happened, can you spell liability? I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm looking around the room and I go, did someone come in? Did, did someone come in and do attendance and check? And, and one of the girls said, uh, I sent the attendance in. And I said, well, who's supervising? And the door was shut, right? And they just gave me a blank look. And I thought, okay, the wheels have come off the, uh, the wagon on this one. They've waited to, you know, waited for the opportunity. And what's happened is it's a free-for-all. No teacher, no class, no education. It's all, you know, about just beating the system. I'm going through this in my head. I'm getting upset. And I look at the board, and there's an assignment on the board. And I go, well, who wrote that on the board? I said, you know what, guys, I'm really disappointed. And one of the kids puts their hand up and says, um, why? And I said, you, you guys are fooling around. You should have known that someone had to be in the class. And they said, Mr. Zicky, we, um, we didn't go down to the office because we didn't want you to get in trouble. We thought that if you don't, um, if you don't teach this morning, you're not going to get paid. Don't you always talk about a, an emotional bank account? And man, I, I must have felt about three inches. I taught the kids that lesson. And they were, they were thinking about it. And they were thinking about it in relationship to me. And I went to the, the gray side or the dark side thinking they were taking advantage of a situation. And I said, and on the board? And one of the, it was actually one of the girls said, well, I wrote it on the board. We got all our notes done, Mr. Riziki. We, ha we haven't been fooling around. And you know what? If you're a teacher, you better own up to being wrong, as I've mentioned to you before. And I said, you know what, guys? I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's, um, that's, not, that, that's not what I should have said. Thank you for that. But in the future, you need to do that. You need to get people in the, uh, in the classroom. But thank you so much. So you know what? The kids didn't just hear, but they, uh, they listened. All right? So the stuff that I'm talking about right now, I think people understand this isn't just about school this isn't just a school thing right so this emotional bank account this is a life thing this is about doing the right thing and helping people and you know we in the education system we always focus on IQ and stuff and and uh, we as teachers look at the IQ but the reality is we better start focusing on the EQ the emotional quotient as well life is all about relationships right? It always has been and it always will be. It's about your family. It's about your friends. It's about your colleagues. It's about your, your, your peers. And I don't care what profession you're in. Your, your success in life is going to be determined at some point by others. And I tell the kids that when, you're, when you've got a resume 
and you want people to be your references, who will speak for you other than moms and dads, right? Who is going to speak on your behalf because of the contributions you made, right? There's a saying I tell the kids, and it's an important one. You can get whatever you want out of life if you help enough people get what they want first. And it's important for the students in my class and in the listeners to hear that. You can get whatever you life, you can get whatever you want out of life if you help enough people get what they want first. And as a teacher, I'll be honest with you, I've taught, I've taught a ton of brilliant kids. And just because you do well academically doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. Um, I've taught a lot of smart kids, to be honest with you. Um, I much rather, I would rather teach a bunch of good kids than just smart kids. So as long as the students understand how important relationships, deposits, and withdrawals are. But I guess, I guess when you really think about it, life has been and always will be just one giant bank account. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this lesson. Uh, it's my second podcast, I've got to be honest with you. I feel a lot more comfortable doing the second one than the first one. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Nathan Rivers for being here with me today and helping me through this. Adam for doing a lot of the graphics and the other producer. And uh, this has been The Heart of Teaching. And I'm Dave Rizicki. Till we meet again, take care, be safe, be well, and peace. Here